Down Under, they also listen to Better Buddies. And welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got James. Hello. And parking sign. It's not a parking sign. It looks like a parking sign. Not it kind of does. It's a P in a circle. Yeah, it's like the trademark logo, but with a P. Yeah, parking sign. Like uh, with the uh, handicap parking. They don't have a P in a circle for handicap parking. I swear I've seen parking signs with P in a circle. James, am I crazy? This is the sound recording copyright symbol. Really? Maybe not. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I, I do I have seen I do I have seen like parking spaces with like the P with the circle around it. Um, I, I feel like know. that's because the sign is a circle. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I've seen no, it it was drawn, a square sign. Like on the men where Let's it's see. like like a C like a P with a circle. I swear to God. Parking that was about to be proven wrong. Sign. Maybe. I've never seen one. Uh, oh. Parking sign. Boop, 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 I boop, found boop. a P in a circle with a line through it. No parking. Yeah, that's pretty close. Oh, see, I literally found one. I just had to scroll a little bit down. It's in Pittsburgh or Plattsburgh. Well, I've never been to Pittsburgh. It's a rectangular sign with a P in a circle in it, and then underneath it says parking and has an arrow. Never been to Pittsburgh. So. Well, it's Plattsburgh, so. You said Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's your own fault. Our better buddies, Icebreaker, you are a post-apocalyptic tribal warlord. How are you running your tribe? With an iron fist. No. Well, no, I lost my hand in the post-apocalypse. Oh, yeah. I see. So, like, uh, I see. <laughs> He's actually a very, uh, very sweet man, but he does have an iron fist. <laughs> Literally. Um. Uh... I, I always feel like a uh, like a loser or something because I always try to tack on like additional um, characteristics to these questions. You're thinking uh, you're thinking way too hard about this, James. My so the way I'd run my tribe, we're going back to the regencies of medieval Europe, where like I'm king, I'm in charge, I'm running the show, I've got advisors and court members and all that good stuff, but like also. The people have invested the power in me to make our tribe successful and survive, so, like, I gotta respect that and, like, do my best for the kingdom and for the tribe, not just my own self-interest. Yeah, I'd want to be, like, uh, this is very, maybe egotistical, but I'm gonna try, I'll try, I want to be, like, a priest king, I want to set up, like, priest king? Like, yeah, I want to be, like, um, yeah, like a holy king. You want to go back to the crusades and be a, uh, I don't, I don't set up a theocracy? I don't want crusades, and I don't necessarily want a theocracy. I guess I, I want to. Instill, you want the Knights like, Templar? He's going to be God Emperor. I don't want to oh, be right forty k. <laughs> I I um I I would like to be known as like uh like a uh like a king who like studied holy texts and tried to like apply oh, them. Oh, he I, wants to be a cult leader. Yeah, cult leader. No. No, no, James no. just wants to be a cult. <laughs> He'll be that guy. The world goes to shit, and you start scavenging Disney World because, like, you know, fuck it, why not? And you walk 
into the It's a Small World ride, and there he is sitting on the throne, and his entire cult turns their heads all simultaneously to look at you and start singing the damn song. No. No. One, we would not, we would not worship Disney. <laughs> we would no, no, just the be... It's a Small World ride. Oh, it's like, okay. Like, you all I went mean, insane and are trapped there, and now need uh, you force tr- people to join your cult. I do. I, I like the idea as a story. I would not want to put my. I would not want to put my my people there. No, I'd want to set up like I will want to instill like a like found like a knightly order. But it would be like um, Knights Templar. It yeah, but it would. I wouldn't want to. I don't want like holy war. Like I wouldn't like. You don't seem um, to understand how religion works. Hey, he's got you there. <laughs> hey. No, that's how that's how religions worked in the past. We're gonna do something a little bit different. We're gonna we're gonna Wait, be pacifists. like, um, yeah, like yes, like I do think like part of being like a true knight would be like you still carry a sword. So hey, Calvin, people be what cool. can my kingdom and your genteel society just split his in half and go fifty fifty on it? Nah, I'll be with James. We'll take you on. No, oh, damn it. <laughs> I wouldn't advise fighting because I would fight back, but I wouldn't like it. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Listen, I'll destroy you, but I'm not going to be happy while I do it. <laughs> You're in the no. middle of fighting somebody for like some supplies, and you like flip the face up on your like you rip your helmet off, and you're like, "Do you see this face?" And you're just scowling at them, like, "I'm not happy about this, but you forced my hand." I, I would definitely, I would train my knights if I could, or I would find a way to, like, they would be schooled, like, educated, one, obviously, in the holy texts, but two, two, they would, like, be trained first in, like, incapacitatory methods, and then, like, they would only kill if, like, deemed absolutely necessary, because it's yep. still, te- it's and, committing a great wrong. And, you know, like, the only way to really ensure that training is effective is if you do it from birth, uh, that I don't know. I think lived experience can be can be effective. Um, and I think uh, I would be able to trust I, them. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, there's no guarantee, and and it, you know, in an ideal world, like, it wouldn't. And it, it we wouldn't loop back around the cult. But no, I, I I would not. I would not want to be a cult. I don't want like um. Just because you want doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> this is true, but I don't know. There's a there's a line in the Tao Te Ching that says the sage leads from the back. So that's the other thing too, is like, I don't know if I'd really even want to be like the leader, but if I had to be like, I would at least try to like, um, I try, I try to be a good one, try to set up. Yeah. I, I mean, almost kind of following along with what you said, like a, not like a feudal society, but yeah, like one founded on like community. Magna and, Carta. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, a like, like, um, a, a benevolence between, like all people, you know, um, really, we're really trying to right the wrongs of the old world. You know what I mean? Um, and we could all go to Disneyland. We could all go, get on all the rides for free. <laughs> if they still worked. If they still work, we, we, we could find a way. Um, Take over Disneyland and fix them all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Disneyland has a lot of moats. There's some pretty defensible spots. You could probably, yeah, you could honestly probably like make, Disneyland pretty defensible. At least certain parts of it, for sure. They have a castle. They do have a castle. Yeah, that castle's got a big <laughs> hole in the middle of it, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, what you want is the tree fort. 
Oh yeah, the tree of life. Flash Mountain. You have an escape chute. Yeah, go. but the the problem with the Wild Kingdom would be there no, no, would be not, wild. Not, not, no, Wild Kingdom. Not no, the no, life. that's yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, you don't want to go in a Magic Kingdom. There's a Swiss Family Robinson's treehouse. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No, you could definitely shack up there. I would want to. Where would you guys put your apocalyptic uh, tribe and or post-apocalyptic tribe or society? That's a trick question. I'm not telling you. Um, oh, you know, get a try and get a free ride out of me. <laughs> I would have. I see through your ways, Southern sir. Indiana. Why? Because yeah, why? I wouldn't want to go there now. It's crops. <laughs> it's warm enough to grow food, but the winters aren't so brutal as to be destructive and like lethal, for the most part. Yeah, but then you breed a weak society. Yeah, I'm also dealing with a society already that won't be able to survive the winter <laughs> after, like, one year. That's the purpose of winter. Yeah, and the I would make the case, too, that the advantage of winter is that it keeps people away from you for a good part of the year. Um, <laughs> if necessary, like, people would be dissuaded from venturing too far north. I would honestly, I'd probably honestly make it Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin's good, but you, I mean, I still remember the blizzard of 2019. You hit those temperatures, you're not going to live. No, like, hopefully. Blizzard of 2019. I don't remember this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's when we, do you remember? That's, uh. That was when it was, like, sub-30. That was, like, our first Oh, I wouldn't call that a blizzard, though. You're you're talking about the polar polar vortex. vortex. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, listen, it was just cold. There was no snow. No, there was heavy snowfall. Like there was no, there was snow snow. already on the ground. The the cold snap is just what the brutal part was. To be fair, the cold snap followed uh, a blizzard. So I think did it? I don't. I don't. I thought it was. I do. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been too long. I do remember a period of heavy snow, but it might not have been during the cold snap. It could have been either like before or after. Either way. Anyway. No. Yeah, I would. I would make my my home there probably. Abundant food, um, See, like dirty rock for building, a lot of quarry. Of, you like, still got to be it, able to manage resources, though, because you you camp down in that one area and burn through a forest to stay warm in the winter. You're done. If you burn through a forest to stay warm in the winter, you deserve to die. <laughs> because you've done your, uh, tribe. so many. Yeah. RJ, you do realize people like in prehistoric times survived in no. the cold without burning down no, they didn't. forests. <laughs> nope. That's a myth. That's CIA propaganda. Um, no, so I, I, I can, mean, why do you think life came out of Mesopotamia? I can, no, that's, I mean, that's fair. I can definitely understand the, like, I, I it would be a very big gamble for potentially, like, little payoff. Um, I would say though, like I, I, I would, I would definitely, I would, I would probably go back there, especially because, like in Wisconsin, like I guess, I mean, there are a lot of places with lakes, but there are a lot of lakes in Wisconsin that you could go to that you could like use as like a source of fresh water to boil, and you could catch fish there. Like you could, I mean, you could practice building boats uh, if you wanted to. You could basically like teach people how to sail at least like rudimentarily. Um, and we're kind of like close to the Mississippi. Like, it'd be a walk, obviously, but depending on where you lived in the state, um, you'd have access to a pretty big waterway. That's the one. You don't stay in one spot. You just live on the Mississippi in, a, like, a big old boat, and you go oh. up in the summer and down in the winter. 
How are oh, you getting yeah. up though? That's uh, quite the wheel. feat. That's quite the feat. Yeah, we got people to turn the paddles. It could be, um, yeah, it could be literally like, uh, well, if you went down, what it could be is you could you could do like you could just build like canoes, also and then you could just power. if yeah, if you got that far, yeah, if you can do that, you have to be able to build that and maintain that. I mean, they did it before; it can't be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I mean, we need some books, but there's a first time for everything. There could be a second time for everything. Steam power could be reinvented. No, I mean, like worst comes to worst, you just um, yeah, you just build canoes and then you can just portage them back. Um, you just portage them back up. If you yeah, I'm not. I'm no. not joining James's post-apocalyptic <laughs> cult. I'm not portaging a canoe with the length of a Mississippi. Yeah, no. No, I mean, it help would me suck. build a steam. Help me. Help me build a steamboat. No, I would I would build a small castle on a lake somewhere, and we would just uh, hang out. Um, I'd just start a steamboat casino. I would totally visit there. I would go to that. <laughs> I'm winning. Yeah, you know RJ's going to have the house stacked against you, even more so. They're totally going to be... I'm I'm a religious man. I'm just playing for fun. <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't play for Brian um, is uh, Brian's 20 caps. 20 caps? Yeah. Dang, that's a toughie. Well, I'd still go. I'd still go to support my friend. I'd <laughs> raid your casino, RJ. I'll raid it. That no, you stop that. I would defend the casino, I, even though it's a den of iniquity. <laughs> <laughs> your religion is quite all over the place with its beliefs. I well, I would just protect you. Protect the people who can't, who might not be able to protect themselves. Especially it it when also people... acknowledges the inherent good and evil within man are a duality that cannot be separated. Exactly. I believe that one day RJ will turn his casino around and maybe turn it into a hospital boat. But I also have no issue with him running a casino. See, it's I'm also ferrying supplies up from the south where things can kind of grow year round. So you know, look at that. He's yeah. He's like uh, it's you know. He's business. like. The charming rogue, you know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> Man, what a life. What a life that Truly. would be. Truly. Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. I'm going to start this week. So, awesome. I've watched some old movies. Oh boy. Uh, Mission Impossible 1 and 2. <laughs> Oh, they just because they just got added back to Netflix, isn't it? But not three. They have not added the third one. It's one, two, and four. Yeah, I think three might be on Hulu. But back in nineteen, the first one came out in ninety six when you could uh, store world secrets on a floppy disk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you still can. I mean, yeah, you can. <laughs> <clears throat> you shouldn't. Uh, but, Had I mean, you never seen it before? No, I hadn't seen them. I think I saw like most of the first one, but I wasn't paying enough attention. But I watched them. They're fun action movies, but it's uh, it puts a put a very distinct contrast between like Mission Impossible One and Mission Impossible Fallout. Mission Impossible One is like kind of more James Bond actiony. He's there's a like a woman and there's the cool stunts and the gadgets and not quite to the extent but more almost like a 
Daniel Craig James Bond with like tension and spycraft. Like it was fun. It was just fun and dumb. And Tom Cruise was young enough where it was like, <laughs> yeah, I believe he's a spy. I believe this. That's pretty cool. They do some neat tricks and hoodwink some people. That's fun. Compare that to Mission Impossible Fallout, where the literal end of the movie has two nuclear devices. The end of the first one is literally just a dude on a train. And the end of this Fallout, the most recent one, is two nuclear devices. Not one, but two. And all anyone can talk about is, oh, we can't let Ethan Hunt find out his ex-wife who he still loves is here. Otherwise, it'll distract him from the mission. And while they're not talking about, let's disarm the nuclear devices that are in front of us. So it just, yeah. it, it went very much from, let's have fun spy action shenanigans to Ethan Hunt is the most important person in the world, even though he's been burned by his government like six times now. That's just because it kind of became a victim of itself in that it just had to keep upping itself in its ridiculousness. And then it also is just an excuse for Tom Cruise to get funding to do insane stunts. Yeah. Like, I, Which I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah, like to a degree I'm okay with that. If it was just... I think the thing for me was if it was just Tom Cruise doing insane stunts and wildly dumb stakes... I'd be okay with it. I think the thing for me is the... We also have, like... All of his friends are concerned about his personal life. With no thought or regard for their own personal lives. Like, I don't... None of these people exist outside of worrying about Ethan Hunt's love life. Hey, man, it's Tom Cruise's world and we're all just living in it. You know what I yeah. mean? No, but I understand that it's frustrating when, like, you watch a series kind of, like like Cal kind of said, like become a victim of itself where it's like, it's like it, it forgets that part of the reason why it was so fun or engaging was because it had a, uh, even for what it may be, it had like kind of a more realistic tone. Like the character felt like just kind of someone, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then as series usually go on, like the character, the main character becomes like more and more important to the part, to the point where it's like absurd. Um, Especially when you, like, contrast it with the series' roots, so... Unlike, with the second one, the second one was a great step up of, we need to do another Mission Impossible, we need to up the stakes a little bit, and we need to show them something they haven't seen before. And it was like, oh, these, this is a good progression in tracking. It's still dangerous, there's still shit going down, we still gotta hurry, and he's still Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, but, like, this is logical, and maybe I just need to watch however five movies between two and Fallout that exist or whatever, but man, it just made me really want more of uh, Henry Cavill cocking his fists before he fights someone. <laughs> I did hear that the most recent one was pretty fun. That's that was Fallout. Fallout. Mm -hmm. Cavill was great in it. Yeah. Like, I wanted Cavill to just, like, take over. Eh. I, I like Henry Cavill, but I do think he's overhyped. I have yet to see something where I don't enjoy his performance. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm not yeah. saying he's bad. I just think people really, really like to hype him up, I think, to an extreme. Fair. I still think he's like, he's like my go-to guy if there was ever a live-action archer. Although he's starting to get 
like a little too old for yeah. yeah i think at one time but i don't know any i, th- I think he's just in the his recent films his persona has drifted too much that i don't know him in uh uh was it man from uncle yeah yeah that that's relative so i think that's as close as he's gonna get to a live action archer yeah i really liked um i really liked that movie actually i really liked it yeah i'm I've reading about the mission in, oh I'm reading about the Mission Impossible films, and I knew the next two are, were scheduled to come out soon. I didn't realize that the the next one was originally set for release on July 23rd, 2021. Really? Interesting. But because COVID hit, it's been it was then delayed to November 21 and then May 22 then September 30 22 and now it's due for July 14th 23 and the second part because there's two because it's a part one part two and it's a, supposed to be the send-off to Tom Cruise's character so these are supposed to be the last ones of Cruise uh the part two was supposed to have come out what's to see it was originally scheduled to release August 5th 22. Dang. But now it's not scheduled to come out until June twenty eighth, twenty four. Oh, wow! But yeah, go watch one for a fun action flick. And which two. one's your favorite so far? Which ones have you seen? That you've seen one, two, and Fallout. And Fallout. You didn't watch Ghost Protocol because that's on what? Netflix. Okay. Is that number four? Yes. No, I haven't seen that yet. All right. I, I know Runner's in it, and I kind of want to watch it just for him. That's the first, that's his debut in the Mission Impossible series. Oh, he's in more than just the, that one? Runner's in Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and was he not in Fallout? No, he wasn't in Fallout. Huh, I thought for so I can't remember. Yeah, I guess they pulled him for that one. Uh, but no, yeah, he's in he's in Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. Nice. Which are the two before Fallout. Which Rogue Nation technically sets up characters in Fallout. That probably would have helped. <laughs> because that's where uh, the chick from mm. Fallout comes from. She's in... she Her debut is Rogue Nation. But they brought back Ving Rhames, who plays Luther. Yeah. And he's in, he, he's in the first three, disappeared for Ghost Protocol, came back for Rogue Nation in Fallout. Yeah, I, I enjoyed his character in one and two. And the and then, in yeah. one, the helicopter pilot's the same guy from um, um, oh god, what's the movie? Uh, the uh, Natalie Portman. Leon first the professional. Yeah, Leon the professional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Um, yeah, it's also yeah, it's there's some the casting. Ethan, uh, uh, Ethan Hunt's crew changes like Tom Cruise's crew changes in like all the films. Actually, Simon Pegg's introduction is in the third one. Okay. So then he comes in at the third one, but he's just an analyst in the third one, and then in Ghost Protocol is his introduction as a field agent. Gotcha. Yeah, I like the Mission Impossible series. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen a single one. You should watch them. They're a good time. Yeah. Good dumb fun. And really, you can really watch them in whatever order you want. Obviously, things are set up and somewhat carried through. But for the most part, you can... Like the part you're talking about, RJ and Fallout, where they're like, oh, don't see his ex-wife. She's introduced in the third one. Uh, Interesting. Okay. 
and it explains what happens to her in the fourth one, Ghost Protocol. Yeah, because they, they do, in Fallout, they do some back explaining of, like, to some new character or somebody who doesn't know what's going on, of, like, oh, yeah, they split up so he, she couldn't be used against him and his life wouldn't affect her and her happiness and... Yep. Yeah. There's more to it, slightly, but then they also kind of retconned it and simplified it, and, I mean, there's no coherent... Yeah. There's a relatively coherent story, but it's like, yeah. Cool. Who wants to go next? James does. James does. I can go. I will recommend... Excuse me. Hold on. I recommend the YouTube channel Defunct Land. Defunct Land. Um, oh, yeah. I recently got into this channel, literally uh, sometime last week, and I am through the first season. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Defunct Land is a YouTube channel that started around like 2017. And the original conceit of the channel was that this guy who was making it was going to do um, a, a bunch of different videos on all these different like amusement park rides, like theme park rides um, from across the country, everywhere from like Disney to Universal to small regional amusement parks and theme parks and stuff like that. He's going to do a video on all these rides that have been discontinued. And in the video, he talks about the origin uh, kind of what the ride was like, like what went into making it, um, any significant contributions that happened because of it, and then eventually why um, it kind of left and what happens after. And uh, the original idea was that he's going to build an amusement park um, uh, out of all these rides uh, that, that were defunct, hence the name, hmm. Defunct Um And it is an incredibly enjoyable series. I did not know... I did not think I was going to get like um, sucked into it. There's one video of his that like maybe quite a few people have seen, maybe come up on the recommendations at least once where it's like the history of the Disney fast pass. Um, it's like almost an hour and a half long. I haven't seen that one yet, but um, it's just really fascinating. He goes into not only the history of like um, the rides themselves, but also kind of the companies and the people and there's this whole other world of like amusement park developers and engineers and all these like politics behind the scenes like all these different people from like arts and culture that get pulled in to help with like theme park rides and and all this other stuff and it's just very interesting the videos are very digestible they're usually between 10 and 20 or 30 minutes um and they're organized into seasons. I think he's on the third season now. I think each season is usually about 20, 20-ish episodes. Um, I would highly recommend it. It's it's like very educational. It's more engrossing than, than you would think. He reminds me a lot of um, Oversimplified. Uh, he, he does a very good job at delivering quite a lot of information, but in a way that's pretty um, succinct and yet still uh, lush and fun. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed it so far. I, I would, I would really recommend it, especially if you have any kind of affinity or obviously any kind of knowledge with like, um, you know, properties like universal or Disney or things like that, you might find yourself kind of like being sucked in a little bit. So I would recommend the defunct lane YouTube channel. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the only one that I've seen of their videos is the one that he did on the Nickelodeon hotel. 
Yes. Uh, which was Nickelodeon trying to capitalize on whole Disney thing and create mm-hmm. their own themed hotel. I remember that one. Um, and I I'm looking through their YouTube. Universal, didn't it? <clears throat> I don't believe so. It just died. Like it, it was bad. It just died. It was not well run. It, the quality was really terrible. Oh, I um, thought uh, it just completely went under. Yeah, I was under the impression like it went under and Universal scooped it up to turn it into its like version of a Disney resort. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to go back and watch the video. Uh, I just remember him talking about how it being like bad and like paint peeling on the walls and dead animals. Yikes. Uh, But I'm looking through the videos and there's another one on Defunct Land webs, uh, the channel. There's Defunct TV and there are two videos here that I have to watch. The first one is the history of Zabumafu. Oh, and then there's another one that's the history of Between the Lions. Oh, both, man. Both two shows I grew up watching and haven't thought about in years. Does no, anybody he's... else remember Cliffhanger? Yes, of course. I don't know that Between I watched the Lions, that one. I don't remember if it was a recurring segment or not. But oh, it... that's in Between the Lions. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But it was Cliffhanger, a guy hanging from a cliff. Oh. That's why they that's call him Cliffhanger. They... I barely remember Between the Lions. I just remember the like weird puppet lions and that it was like another one of those kids shows where you learned words and stuff like that. I just remember watching it. I can't I don't remember any of the bits. The only other thing I remember is there was one where they were talking about Harry Houdini and the male lion child got zapped into the book into the safe that was getting dropped into the river. (laughs) Nice. That's not horrifying. Wow, dude. This has holy crap. He's actually got like a bunch of defunct land like TV episodes. Ones that like I recognize. Wow, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. <gasps> Buzz Lightyear Dragon of Star Tech. Command. Oh, I think I remember that. I love that show. The, yeah, I did too. The history of the big comfy couch. Um, that I've never what? heard of. That one I remember watching. I the remember big comfy watching. Couch? Yeah, it's yeah. a big couch and it was very comfy. Okay. It was like I remember it being kind of like a bizarre uh show but i do remember watching it um no i oh and it looks like he's got one for bear in the big blue house let's see here Uh, i also don't know that one uh jim henson production yeah very very fun very uh, good similar to how they had the puppet the muppets but then like big bird was a human in a suit bear the main like bear the bear in the big blue house was a guy in a suit and then the rest were muppets yeah interesting very enjoyable um no i would i recommend him he's he's pretty he's pretty fun nice kelvin what you got uh i got distracted by both of your recommendations so i haven't actually thought of one Mm. very nice uh do you want to just recommend zabumafu Honestly, again, I remember watching it as a kid. I remember there was like Zabumafu land that was all in like weird claymation. Um, and that's where he talks. Otherwise, it was just a lemur with the, the two brothers. dudes and the crap brothers. But it's like, uh, that I, yeah, I don't remember too much more of that. Um, but no, now I'm just trying to stall because I don't I'll, got I'll give you some nothing. time to stall. I'll ask James. James, are you aware of the trend PBS had where it took its live shows and turned them into cartoons? Um, I'm sure so that Boom if you Boom named... became a cartoon with the Crap Brothers. 
Yes. And then yeah. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is the precursor to uh, Daniel, the tiger one that's on now. I have no idea what that is. So uh, you never yeah. heard like the Daniel Striped Tiger show? No. Uh, what do is you that? remember? Do you remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the like Puppet Land, the land, uh, whatever that was called? Yeah. Yeah, it's just that, but an animated form, and no Mr. Rogers. But it's it's all those characters. The history oh. of Dragon Tales. Oh my God. I, I don't know if I um. Calvin, are you actually thinking of something to recommend? Or are you just looking at more YouTube videos? Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> I have my notes app no. open to take down what it is you recommend so I can put it in the show notes. Uh, in the episode description, but you're not recommending anything. Uh, it's because I've been busy. I haven't done anything but watch VTubers. Um, I'll recommend one of them, why don't you? I recommend Mume. But she's <laughs> on break right now, so that mm. sucks. Uh, I posted her voicemail that she left on her channel. You should definitely watch it. Um, oh, I will. I yeah no, I got nothing. I haven't been watching anything new. I haven't really been doing much. Anything old? Not really. What have I been watching? I don't even know anymore. What Any is nostalgia X? What is existence? What? Um. Any repeats? Did we recommend Obi Wan last week, or did we just talked? You about recommended Obi Wan last week. Did I? Darn yeah, it. you. Saw, um, <laughs> I didn't recommend it because I was too busy recommending uh, Moon Knight. So the only thing I've watched is Obi Wan and anime. What anime? All yeah. the anime. Have you watched that Spy one yet? Spy Family. Yeah. Yeah, but I recommended that already. Did you recommend it? Or did you just recommend the trailer. I thought I recommended it. I think you might have. It was like a double recommendation. It was like a yeah. half and half. Yeah. Damn. Well, really quick to stall to give Calvin just a little bit more time to potentially recommend something. Did anyone here see the Black Adam trailer? No, I didn't. Is The Rock good saw- in it? Oh my god, dude. It literally looks like something that would come out in 2018. Oh, it, question. It, Not surprised. I am like... Is it uh, I'm, like a character or is it The Rock? It It's The Rock. Damn it's it. The rock. That's I mean, the only it, character The Rock plays. I know, but like Black Adam has a very distinct character of he is literally a like a prince or a king of this country next to Egypt that doesn't exist. And his whole thing is he is of like Catman, Kandu or Catmandu. Catmandu. Yeah, and he is supremely dedicated to protecting his people, including from themselves. So, like, he's technically not a hero. Is he an anti-hero, or is he just a straight-up villain? He walks the line. Okay. Well, it's just weird. He started off as a villain to Shazam. the, the, The trailer, like, showcases him as a hero, but it obviously, like, it runs with that, too. Like, what you're saying, RJ, where it's like, oh, but he also, like, um... Like, he's also edgy, like, he's dark, and there's literally, like, a scene where someone's like, heroes don't kill people, and The Rock is just like, I do. And then, like, the music kicks in, like, it's something that's, like, really cool and awesome, and it's like, this is so dated. This feels like, I cannot believe, like, the same company that put out both 
like the Batman and Joker is like simultaneously so behind. I like it. It almost makes me wonder if they're just trying to do this to like get money for other movies like they are like Batman and, and Joker. The problem too is Shazam was one of the few ones that like succeeded on some level back when the DCEU was still floundering the way it was. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. It's just kind of embarrassing. It's like it feels um dirty. I, <laughs> James, you should go. You don't need to listen to the whole thing, but everyone if you care anything at all about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Vin Diesel, and Vin Diesel, go look up the Flophouse episode on Bloodshot. Okay. Bloodshot was a comic book movie starring Vin Diesel as the titular character oh, yeah. Bloodshot. But the episode they bring on they have a guest on who is an actor writer kind of person of the it's griffin i don't remember his last name but he's from the blank check podcast i believe but he also starred in amazon's the tick as arthur oh interesting Um, yeah and he's they go on like a pretty long in-depth discussion on because the guest is like literally a like vin diesel super fan uh, at one point talks about how anyone who dates him is basically signing up like a, a post requisite of dating him is signing up for a coll- collegiate level course on Vin Diesel. Um, and they have a really in-depth discussion of Vin Diesel versus the rock and their different like levels of masculinity and the <laughs> performative masculinity and like Vin Diesel can do something like triple X return of Xander cage and wink at the audience and be like, yeah, this is kind of dumb, isn't it? But we're having fun. Well, The Rock is buying into his own bullshit. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, my biggest issue that I've seen with The Rock so far is, like, and um, Cal and I watched this one movie, like, kind of back in the fall-ish called uh, Red Notice. They liked it. I liked Red Notice well enough. Like, to be fair, (laughs) I liked it as a dumb action movie that I just, like, put on as dumb entertainment. But it was That's also fair. the same movie that made me start going like, yeah, Rock and Ryan Reynolds need to do something new. Yeah, that movie encapsulates everything I dislike about The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. That was my my biggest issue was like, and I think I, I was like, I think I, I probably talked about this one, right? But I'll, I'll, I'll repeat myself. And I'm sure I said this at least to like Cal or you guys even like off off the podcast but like my biggest issue was like it was really clear to me that like it must have been in the rocks contract like it must be a staple of his movies now where it's like i can't look bad ever like i he, can't he, i can't he literally does good. have it in, in his contract he literally does have it in his contract that he can't lose a fight on screen he can it, only at most have a draw yeah which is like uh, in like the, um in the fast and the furious spinoff movie uh, apparently they literally counted the punches between Jason Statham and The Rock because one could not have more punches than the other. I remember hearing about that. Like, it had to be very... Like, it made, like, ma- like choreographing the fight scenes incredibly difficult because neither could have, like, more screen time. Like, each mm-hmm. one had to have an equal amount as per their their contracts, um, which is, you know, adds to the magic of the movies. So magical. Um, but... <laughs> I, you actually just reminded me of a wreck that I'll do. Nice. There we go. It's got uh, 
uh, freaking, um, wait, does it not have, yeah, it does have Jason Statham. Okay. <gasps> I was like, oh, it just went off. Do you want to but, recommend uh, it? No, I don't actually. I'm just going to talk about it and then not recommend it. <laughs> real quick so we could get Great back wreck. to dissing the rock and having yeah, Alex and Billy uh, but no yeah. the oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie's uh the Guy Ritchie film Snatch yes I watched it on Netflix like oh, a couple weeks ago it is very good what's the genre uh I don't know what would you call that James <laughs> uh, it's like a British crime like a lo-fi crime it's a Guy film. Ritchie film <laughs> yeah it's right. got a lot of like very snappy action in it. Brad Pitt's in it. Yeah, it's got a great ensemble cast. It does. Very fun to watch. Um, very fun to watch. Okay. Cool. Um, a lot of action films today. Yeah. yeah this was less action. <laughs> no, it's 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 more of like a crime. Yeah, it's just like, oh God, it's been a while since I've seen it. I just remember it kind of follows like a couple guys, and they're kind of like tangentially involved in crime mm. but it's it's more like just following like just these two two british blokes who have like witty banters they kind of go from place to place um okay but it's it's pretty fun nice um i i will say like yeah like i can't stand um really really quick really quick because yeah. uh, we don't have to linger on it too long but that is one thing that i'm like I am frustrated by is like I could see The Rock putting that whole like I don't lose a fight thing in my contract if it was like I want to be a good role model with kids and like I want to be like the strong guy but to me and maybe it's because I'm a cynical adult it just comes off as like very selfish and conceited and it comes off as him like not actually wanting to put on a good performance or like be the you know the guy who's like you know, the hero for all the kids or whatever, it just comes off as a guy who doesn't want to lose and now has yeah. like a legal, like a legal ability to demand that he never has oh, to. Cause he's gotta be the like, guy who physically looks the best and the one who gets the ladies and the funny one and the nice one. Yeah. It's, and you can have like it, you could have someone who pulls that off but when it's very clear, like one of the things that makes anyone like empathetic is when we see them lose or look bad, like well, actually. I think also like bad. you can't keep doing it every time too of like the rock's been doing this for forever <laughs> as soon as he could. And for the most part, it was charming until it kept going and going and going and going. Yeah. And it's like he's not even like I could I could see like wind it back to, you know, like the, um, you know, the 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 halcyon days of what, like 2007, 2008, when like, um, you know, the game plan or whatever came out, like one of his first like family movies or whatever with uh, I don't think it was Hayden Panettiere. It was it was some it was some like Disney like family movie. Okay. And I could see like, watching that in the theaters. And it's like because I went to go see it with my family. I remember, you know, it was, oh, it was, I saw this film. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's like a football star who has to like um, like he's got like an estranged wife or something. And she basically like dumps. Well, his... he finds out that he has a kid that he never knew about. Right. That's it. it's like something like that. Like he has to basically take care of this like young girl um, being a and football player. 
yeah and he's like this playboy like conceited like football star super stereotypical jock yeah yeah and it's like i don't even know if i could see him taking a role like that now because it would be too like it would make him look mean you know what i mean like it would make him look a little unpalatable which um, is what black adam should be yeah and it, it i don't think it does like it it it's just like the rock who like because he's like he gets all the glamour of being a superhero like he gets to fly around and he gets to punch people and like save the day but he also gets like the edgy aspect of like i'm not no like i'm not no boy scout i'm not no superman wuss i kill people and and you know people love me for it yeah it's like yeah it's like you like I believe you can have the best of both worlds. I do think it is possible, but it's like, it's a truly golden ratio. And like, he does it and he's trying to go about it in such a clumsy, like ham fisted way that just, it comes off as just lame. Um, oh my God. I, I don't think he's, hmm? How are they going to have any story for this movie? If the rock is contractually obligated to win or leave every fight in a draw, when a whole key thing of superhero origin movies is they have to lose and then step back up to the plate. Do you that want could to... be just like a thing, though. I'm fairly confident he has that, but it could be just an internet thing that people spread around that he has that in his contract. Yeah, and I could see him even like, I, I mean, I could see him foregoing it if it meant like he could almost, it's like, it's weird. Like he would be doing a non-selfish thing for a selfish reason. Like I could see him breaking it if it meant that he would get even more of like recognition. Yeah. Um, uh, but I will say too, like, from the trailer, at least, um, if you don't care if I talk about like any parts of it, it, you care. Okay, it's got Pierce um, Brosnan in it. <gasps> Pierce it Brosnan. does. He's he's like his mentor. He's like his like Obi Wan. Um, and I, his like loss isn't even like um, I guess, I mean it's kind of like a Peter Parker thing, I guess, where he loses like a family member, like it's like his son dies or something like that. And he's got like a little piece of voiceover where it's like they killed my son and now I have to get back at them and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, all right, like, I don't feel like I'm going to see you get hurt, like actually hurt. Well, he's literally Superman level durability. Yeah. Which is like, with no cool. Like, I mean, I don't know, whatever. Like, I guess let him have his fun. It's better than him wandering into politics. <laughs> like I'd rather, oh, God. I'd, I'd rather the rock stay in um, yeah. movies than than him like even even remotely i don't have to worry about vin of... diesel running for president mm. i also don't know if vin diesel is oh. actually a native-born u.s citizen but that's beside the point yeah i mean it, it's it is what it is like i'd rather let them get their energies out on the silver screen than than the than elsewhere the rock's constant winking of am i gonna run for office i don't know do you want that <laughs> Dude, there's no way. Like, I don't know. I want. I won't ever say there's no way. Obviously, there's always a way. But like, well, we had it at a movie star and a reality TV star's president. So yeah, the precedent and is set. Ronald Reagan did great. <laughs> <laughs> you bet he did. Uh, Best drug dealer in the game, son. No, just kidding. He was all right. Well, I, I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, time's either, wrong, I don't know enough about that administration to comment. <laughs> I. I've got opinions, but they're they're partially ill-founded, so I'm not one to pass judgment necessarily. History looks on past administrations more fondly than they existed in the present moment, so 
That's very, that's very, very fair. It's very, very fair. I remember, do you remember in like 2017 or whatever, when you had a bunch of people, it was like a bunch of people online were like, oh my God, like even George W. Bush would be better than this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, really? (laughs) That's all it takes? I thought you guys hated him. Oh, well, I guess. Sure. Give it eight to 16 years and guarantee someone will say even Trump was better than this. Oh, I, I bet money. I bet like that's scary. I yeah. Well, it, I don't. It's, it's not the hindsight even like, is twenty. The hindsight is uh, it's not twenty twenty. They forget the worst of the stuff. I mean, like yeah. I just like it won't diminish anything bad that he did. I, but I don't think it like. I don't believe in the idea that it like signifies like a general like decline of values necessarily. I think it's just like a different. I don't know. It's just I mean, a different kind of being which, bad. Which was the past president who, as a power move, would literally just whip his dick out? What? Lyndon, Lyndon B. Johnson, yep. he would do that. Is that an actual thing? Yes. Yes. He would, he would pull out his dick in meetings. Um, well, then. He, he would have, like, uh, White House aides, like, bring him reports while he was, like, on the toilet. And they would have to, like... Like he leave the power move of I'm the one I should be at my most vulnerable right now, but it makes you uncomfortable, so I'm in control. Thank you're right, Lynn. (laughs) All right, can I go? (laughs) No, stand, watch, observe. I am the president, and I take shits. (laughs) Wow, he's so relatable. (laughs) He's just like me on the campaign trail. He goes up to the podium, slides it across, and sits down. Like drops his trow and sits down. American public, just like many of you, I too have bowel movements. I also have genitals. We have so much in common. Vote for me. Wow, that guy has bowels and genitals. He's got my vote. Uh, his opponent, but then of course it backfires for his opponent, and he's like, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta do something. Gotta do something better." Uh, Americans. I too have a butthole, and he moons the audience, and they start throwing tomatoes. <laughs> like profane, obscene, horrible. <laughs> You're what's wrong with this country. It's like I was just doing what he did. Yeah, but you did it worse. <laughs> uh, classic. That definitely happened. Oh yeah, in one way or another. Our next segment. How to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week. What's the man version of the live, laugh, love decoration? Um. <laughs> uh, can I say the one poorly framed movie poster? Live, die, repeat. Oh, oh not even that one. Just like, oh, <laughs> live, die, repeat, live, laugh, love. Nice. Um. Nice. Yeah, just like either poorly framed or put up with blue tack. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, although I guess like I've seen women do this too, but um, the the alcohol bottles mm. on the shelf. <laughs> we we've never done that, James. No, that's ridiculous. We would never. That'd be, that's so. crazy talk. Yeah, it would be insane to let people know how cool we were. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, do you remember how much we t- uh, we calculated how much alcohol that was and how much that cost? 
You might not want to say those numbers out loud. <laughs> there was we we. It was knew. over a two year period. It was over a two year period. That Honestly, might not help. Looking <laughs> back, I think it was. It, to be fair, we did not save the beer bottles or cans. So well, you better. didn't have to say that. <laughs> Even just for liquor and like wine and stuff like that, I honestly don't think like it I was. I think we did that bad. No, it was like reasonable. Like it wasn't. Right. Like, I got, I got, I got the Kellen's numbers got here. Oh, you got the numbers? Oh my of, god! Of the bottles that we saved, there were fifty-four and a quarter liters. Hmm. Hmm. And we estimated at an average of twenty dollars a bottle. That's fourteen hundred and fifty dollars at twenty-five dollars per. Po- these are for 0.75 liter bottles. Then it's eighteen hundred. So we probably spent around fourteen to fifteen hundred dollars in two awesome. years. Puts you at seven hundred and fifty dollars a year in alcohol, and between the two of us, combi- that's us combined though. Each. That's us combined, though. Yeah, That's so it's it's saying. So it's like what, like three? So it's seven, twelve and a, so that's twelve and a half liters per a person per year. That's not like that's like a bottle of a month liquor a, a month. Like that's a lot, but that's not a ton. And some what? of that was some of that was shared with people that came over. No, that's but also yeah, doesn't it, cover any beer bottles or cans. This is true. Well, and it is college. <laughs> I still think we were probably on the low side. Yeah, it doesn't count any liquor that we drank uh, at, at anyone else's or bars. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that makes me feel sick. <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude. Because um, in my defense, all right, uh, they were literally. Like fifty, I could have crawled. I could have gotten blackout drunk, only capable of walking like on my hands and knees, and I could have still made it to a bar and gotten a drink. It could have taken me an hour. <laughs> okay, if I'd left that bed. Let's let's not. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not endorsing this. I'm just saying the bars are very close by. Like literally, are in our backyard. Yeah. God, what a time! A pizza what a place. time. Uh, yeah. Right. So live, laugh, love decoration for men. <laughs> I agree uh, with James. It's the liquor bottles above the cabinet. If you're in right. college, if after college, yeah. then it might change. But if you're in if you're at university, that's a hundred percent. It's that, or or it is like a it's like a Fight Club poster, or like like something uh, a like beer a logo j- with neon sign. I was just thinking like a beer oh, there sign. You go. Yeah, about the sure. dogs playing poker. Oh, there you go. That's classic. Oh, dude. Yeah, but there's I don't I I've seen no one. I would remember if I had seen someone with that in their uh Note to self, home. get that poster. You should. I'd love that one. I love that painting. Our next question. What would you do if you saw a cop getting the shit kicked out of him? I'd call the cops. Oh, wait. I'd probably help him. I mean... Uh, yeah. Right? I don't... Yeah, I wouldn't... I would probably call 911 and yeah. not get involved unless I thought the cop was going to, like, die because they would probably get involved either way if i thought someone was going to die provided the person doing it didn't have like some sort of weapon and i was defenseless because yeah. it's like I don't, I don't know i mean to be fair i would argue you can't know until you're in that situation i'd like to think i'd help 
I if realistically, yeah, call nine one one because maybe he didn't get a call off to call him back up. And uh, I, depending on the situation and number of people, I might wait until they walk away to try and provide first aid, just because don't need them turning on me. <laughs> yeah, if, I, if there's like us three and there was one person, then I yeah. think I would I would like try and get you guys to come with oh, yeah. me and help. Three on one, let's go, like, let's rumble. Yeah. Because we probably equate a person and a half, the three of us. So Yeah, and that gives us uh, the advantage by a half person. Yeah, that gives us the half person advantage. So there we go. Um, yeah, no, I think it would it would really depend because like, you have to be careful because if someone's beating up a cop, most likely they ain't going to have any problems turning to beat slash possibly kill you. So <laughs> I think the, the question was just posed because of all the current political and all the stuff around policing so i feel like that's what this question was getting at yeah our next question what's your go-to fake name uh with the further details of i'll go first pat mcgroin (laughs) mcgroin this is someone trying to out everyone on their alt accounts please in which case, my alt account is James. Whoa, wow, that's my alt account too. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. My alt account is Alicia Vikander. That's right. She doesn't exist. I'm her. I'm the star of Ex Machina. Did you know that? Damn. I blew it. I blew it. Oh, that is her. I don't know why I thought that was someone else. I haven't seen yep. Ex Machina, so... You gotta... You should watch it just for Oscar Isaac. It's Ooh, great. She's Swedish? Yes, she is. She's also married uh, to Michael Fassbender. Not, she's not real. She's James. Oh, yeah. James, you're Swedish? Yeah. You, you bet your buns. That's a common uh, Swedish phrase. You can take that one home with you. Oh, gee, I feel so cultured now. Yeah, I try. We just elevated the show to a new level. I know. Can we we got really play international. an international audience. Yeah, it's like Epcot around here. It's crazy. <laughs> so authentic. So authentic. I mean, truly a world's fair, this podcast is. Uh, my go-to fake name is uh, Rick James. Oh, very nice. So yes, I yes. wasn't necessarily kidding about James. Mine, this isn't my go-to, but this is one that I will I will deploy when the moment is right. Um, I want to do Roger Balls. I don't know why, I just think that name is really funny. <laughs> I want to do like, like Roger Balls. I think you Balls. know why. Roger Ball's professional food critic. <laughs> that idea. <laughs> but oh, so if you ever see Roger Ball's make the news, you might just know who it actually is. Calvin, are you sticking with James? Well, one, I'm not outing myself. If I ever were to use a real name, I'm not saying that I have. <laughs> but if I did, I'm not going to out myself. Uh, you mean I fake th- name? That's what I said. Yeah, of course. What? What? You said if I were ever to use a real name. I'm innocent. Gosh. No. <laughs> what? Oh, it wasn't I, me. I didn't say anything. That's crazy. This man is putting words in my mouth. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> uh, no, I I don't use fake names. Our next question. Or real names. When did you realize you were self-sabotaging? With the further details... Have you ever felt like you were 
a walking Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong? How did you figure out you were the one sourcing the problems? What caused this pattern, and how did you stop? It's a mentality thing, man. The more you think you're having problems, the more problems you see. And it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. yeah. To a degree, I would definitely, I would definitely say that um, it can be very, um, yeah. Sometimes you just feel like you're like, it doesn't even have to happen for a full day. Sometimes it can just be a few minutes where it's like, oh my god, like, is anything gonna go right? For, no, at all no, it's not. and never will again but you just gotta kind of that you know that's uh that's you're being tested yeah you, know, you gotta you gotta if this is a just, test i'm pretty sure i'm failing oh see there's there's that mentality you just gotta soldier forward you gotta do your best 50 percent is be- failing that's not great <laughs> no but that means that just means there's room for improvement Imagine how good you'll feel when that's you... why you just sabotage everyone else, so they have to come in with the curve. And then no, no, Ooh. no, <laughs> no, that is not what you do, Calvin. I'm no. pretty sure that's called being a serial killer, man, or what? like, like a criminal. The seat no. and the lane is so uncomfortable. I know what I'll do, I'll blow up the engine, <laughs> <laughs> and then I won't feel bad about my seat anymore. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes perfect so yeah fix yourself before you wreck yourself soldier on you're gonna be okay our next question why are y'all so attracted to females who play video games with the further details I noticed that gamer girls are starting to get a lot of attention over other types of female influencers lately my guy friends always rave about how hot it is when a girl is good at a video game. What is it about Game of Girls that y'all love so much? It's. I think it's just someone being interested in the same things you're interested in. Oh, that's even a step further than I was going to say. I was going to say it's someone having some kind of interest. Have hobbies. Uh, yeah, it's and it's also something I, I do think there's... Uh... Yeah, it's it's fun to see someone, especially if someone's having fun, they enjoy something. And because like stereotypically, uh, video games are not only like a guy thing, but they n- not really anymore. But they used to be yeah. like a like sheltered g- guy thing. Like it, it's it's uh, come a long way from like the yeah. 80s and 90s when you actually would be like insulted and beat up for playing video games and called a nerd in not a good way that has definitely swung to the complete opposite side where i'm pretty sure people get bullied now for not playing video games yeah you just reminded me of one of the dumbest articles i read like four years ago some opinion piece was bitching about how nerd culture was too mainstream and that they wanted nerd culture to implode and fracture back to the age of like the 70s 80s level of nerd culture being like exclusive when it was like dude you you're old enough to write this article and have lived through that shit do you not remember getting your ass kicked for that you really want to go back to that that's just someone gatekeeping and thinking that people nowadays haven't gone through the hardships they did so they don't deserve to have the same interests and enjoyment to me to be to be fair, I could see the sentiment potentially behind that being like, 
like they want nerd like quote unquote nerd culture to return to a more like humble origin point where there can be sort of um not so many like special interests who are like shaping it and kind of yeah. like mining it you know for yeah. like popular and I, and I definitely feel that because I definitely do agree somewhat with the sentiment of it being too much in the mainstream only in the sense that because it's so in the mainstream it gets like over marketed and like just it kind oh, of I feel down. like dilutes yeah it dilutes yep. the true like like fun and enjoyment that could be found in it when it becomes too like corporate and all that stuff Simply, so in yeah. that way I'd agree it's just when you start being like, yeah, we just need to, like, there's too many nerds. It's like, okay, well, now you're just gatekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many of them. I wonder what we'll nope, do. Nope. James, no. <laughs> James, no. Bad James. No biscuit. <laughs> Bad. Back to your corner. <laughs> um, no. Uh, no, I, I, I can, I can, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, it is interesting. Continue. Uh, I was it. I was gonna say maybe this is just me, but I remember when we were in high school, you would get dirty looks if you said you played Minecraft, and now like every well, now they're back to giving people dirty looks because six year olds play it. But continue, dude. I've heard like I've heard like it seems like a lot of high schoolers play it. It seems like it's like a a, a thing to do. Like really? I don't know. Oh yeah, for real. Like. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misjudging it, but it does seem like a lot of young people. Maybe it was just a phase where a lot of people like got into it, but um, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of like younger people kind of did it, but I don't know. I remember even like uh, it, it, this is necessarily video games, but like, dude, you can talk about like watching anime in in a broad context when we were in high school. Like, True. I would make that case. And now you absolutely can. Like it's everywhere. Like it's it's more, it's like more prolific than it's ever been. At least on the internet. Yeah, I think at least. But yeah, that's, that's just the nature because... of things, though. I feel like. Yep. As they rotate through, eventually it'll all disappear again. Into the yeah. cosmic dust as the sun <clears throat> reaches its heat death. I would argue no. it's already somewhat. On it, I don't know that it's not necessarily in the decline, but I think it's definitely reached its peak. Yes, I think <clears throat> I think this current era of pop culture, which has lasted for like between ten to fifteen years, is relatively like. Um, I think it's in its sunset period. I think we're about to. It's kind of like going it's, down. I'd say it's plateaued. I don't know that it, we're quite to the edge of it falling, yeah, but I I'd, I'd say it's definitely plateaued. Um, I and the, like, I think there are other things that are rising up and ready to like overtake it. I think the last like peak we saw was D and D hitting popularity at the start of the pandemic. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's very. That was a very like you had to be pretty nerdy to play D and D, but with the rise of the D and D podcast, like combined with everybody being forced online and needing things to do. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to, I won't qualify it because I don't think there's a way you can do it. But like, wouldn't you think that like back in the 90s or something like that, like one of the appeals of D&D was like the fact that it felt like a very singular experience. Like you knew that other people played it, 
probably but maybe not even like in your town and like it just felt like it was something that you and your friends got to do like every week or something like that like do you do you think maybe that i i won't say like because i don't obviously like i'm not really one to talk i don't play it regularly i mean you guys would be a little bit more suited to speak to it but do you feel like i don't know do you feel like something is lost with how um, kind of like it is or do you just like maybe not at all so it comes down a little bit to the pre and post culture of pre pre pandemic 5e was the most popular edition of dungeons and dragons like more so than 3.5 already uh one of the key high points being curse of strahd a campaign book that almost everybody has played um i still have not you played one intro session or no you didn't you weren't here at the start no, of the pandemic campaign never mind um anyways but like it 5e was also coming off of 4th edition which 4th edition tried to make it more video gamey almost and a little bit more clo- akin to like MMO gamey which in terms of like abilities and things which people didn't really like and the like war gaming aspect of it it just it wasn't a very popular edition so 5e simplified a little bit while also like striking a really good balance between using as little or as much of the rules as you want. But pre-pandemic, people enjoyed, fi- like, D&D generally made a pretty good effort to learn the rules. Um, mm-hmm. And even as someone who has been playing for year- a few years now, I won't claim to be an expert on the rules, but in general, people understood what the rules were and the importance of the rules and were more adherent to them. With post-pandemic, <laughs> what? No, no, sorry. Post-pandemic, combined with the rise of actual play podcasts, actual plays are aimed at entertainment for the most part. They fall on a spectrum of rules following the rules light, but the end goal ultimately is entertainment. And a lot of the more popular ones, The Adventure Zone, Critical Role, Dimension 20, um... Uh, NADPOD, Dungeons and Daddies will... to say, how can you leave out Dungeons and Daddies? To be fair, they're fairly <laughs> new. They're pretty new on the scene. Um, but they all got popular, and a lot of their most popular moments are moments where they set aside the rules, or use the rules very, very well, very creatively. Um, so... But because of that, people wanted to, a lot of the people who jumped on from those wanted those experiences and those moments. And combined with people jumping on with the pandemic, wanted to just get in and play. So the rules have almost kind of been dumbed down or watered down, in a sense, of people not necessarily learning them or being as apt to learn them. So, for example, in the... One of the players on Dimension 20, Emily Axford, is kind of has a reputation of being very creative with her characters and very creative with her rules usage. Um, to a point where there are videos of her and like clips of her that spread on YouTube of she womps the DM because she'll pull out some combination of spells and class features and class abilities and racial abilities to do almost a like um, Rube Goldberg machine of interconnected actions that she can do in a turn that totally destroy the plans of the DM and change the course of everything. Which, as someone who doesn't know the rules as well and doesn't 
play as often or just got into it, they look at that and go, Oh, whoa, that was the coolest thing in the world. I, who, she's so creative. How did she come up with that? Who could have thought of that? But meanwhile, on the other end of it, you have people who have been playing for forever and know, that, like, yeah, that's... If you Google sorcerer multi-class builds, that's the first one that comes up. Anybody who knows the rules and knows their character sheet would know they can do that. That's... How is that supposed to impress me? So there's... And those are the two extremes, but there's, like, kind of a little bit of a widening gap between those two camps. The other problem being, because of the... Pan, like, post-pandemic, 5th edition was the one that got popular... But also, it's the only thing anyone will play. It's interesting, because it's like, what you're kind of talking about is like, um, I think it's ultimately the thing that is going to cause, like, quote-unquote nerd culture to implode, which is this difference between these two these two groups of people. Because um, the same kind of conflict is played out, not just in this scenario, but across many scenarios, like, for a very long time. And it's usually like... Um, the originators are like the natives of a thing. Yeah. Um, you want to call it. And then the people who've like adapted it into sort of representation, if that makes any sense. Um, there's actually, not to get like too long over here really quick. There's a, there's a book called uh, Simulacra and Simulation um, okay. by this guy named John uh, Baudrillard. <clears throat> and uh, in it, he basically discusses what happens um a like simulacra is a representation of a real object so for instance a map being a representation of a a a real place um and it becomes a simulacra when the real place is gone and the map is the only the only um objects left of that real place so it in effect becomes the representation like becomes this real place but it's not actually real because it never was real, and it become, it begins to decay. Um, and the interaction between elements in this, like, simulacra, in this map, is called simulation. As in, they're, like, uh, they're based in these, like, representational laws that have their origin point in the real thing, but have no actual basis in reality. And, like, mm-hmm. this is a long-winded way of saying, like, I think this is eventually going to happen. I think it already is and kind of has, but it will get worse with, like, this kind of culture where this representation, like, the popular um, interpretation, the watered-down thing, what you guys would say, of, like, this culture will begin to, like, decay, and it will, like, uh, for that reason, its level of, like, prolificness or almost kind of, like, absurdity will increase because it will become further divorced from its origin point, and then, like, the other group of people like the other the, the real thing will fade away like the the actual like body texts of again like quote unquote nerd culture will go back underground and we'll be left with this like um this basically like decaying like fake like a simulated kind of nerd um culture of simulacra that doesn't like will eventually not at all pertain to mm-hmm. anything that has to do with where it came from. Um, which is, like, really unfortunate, because that's, like, a really hard way to see something go. But th- this is, like, you could use yeah. this type of relation to describe, like, the decay of, like, governments, well, and that's, culture. That's one of the things I struggle with, too. Uh, what What's the difference between decay and natural evolution? Because, like, okay. uh, the, it's very anecdotal, but the one I always go back to is I enjoy the Fallout franchise. I enjoy the world, I enjoy the characters, and 
I I wound up in an argument in the co- in a comment section with a guy who was saying that the only good fallouts were fallouts one, two, and tactics when it was top down, and that Bethesda ruined Fallout. And I was like, dude, the what? Like three new New Vegas is one of the most popular games of all time. When you talk about like RPGs as shooter combos, <clears throat> and three was close behind four. Not as popular, but it was popular enough. And the f- trailer for Fallout 4 got me to go play Fallout 1. Like, I got through 75% of Fallout 1, which is not an easy feat on its own, just because of the hardware limitations, trying to get a game from the fucking 90s to yeah. play on modern hardware. <clears throat> and I like, think that's... Uh, it, you're, yeah. Sorry, just to finish it off, like... yeah. New, just because something changes doesn't mean it destroys what was previous. Yeah, we won't get things that are sim- as similar to that, but that, for the most part, obviously content degradation and loss as time goes on it gets tough with different systems and software and hardware limitations, all that kind of stuff. But, like, people can go back and discover the old stuff and could get really into it because it's more of what they want to consume is that franchise. I agree. <clears throat> I, I would make the case like I the a contrasting because I, I think that's a good distinction. Like there is some things there is such uh, something such as like a natural growth, a natural evolution of something. And obviously evolution doesn't imply that it gets better. It just implies that it changes. It adapts to a surrounding environment um, as per like natural requirements. But but um, I think that's a good point to make. Um, it's almost it's not. I would say that like it's not like a, a simulacrum necessarily, but it's almost it's kind it's kind of in that kind of like it. So it's yeah. the interesting point. I I would make the counter or the contrasting argument of something like the sequel trilogy. Mm. Um, that I think to me is like a perfect example of like a simulacra that like you just watch you literally watch that thing decay. Like it 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 began as a very like referential um body of symbols to the original like point and then it just slowly like devolved um kind of like how you're talking about like mission impossible like it slowly became like more self-indulgent and up until the point where it just like imploded because it became so far removed from the essence of the real thing that it just had nowhere to go and it, it only heightened in absurdity and it just basically like self-destructed yeah um but those are two i think those are two like examples where it's like it can't go either way so i like that we got to this point by the question of why are guys attracted to female video game players <laughs> yeah like if i if, if uh you know i'm attracted to i'd be attracted to a girl who could have this type of conversation with me i would i would i would personally love that and if she would play halo 3 with me that would be pretty cool Get you a girl it who can play. always comes back to the video games. It always does. Halo 3 campaign on Legendary, if I can find someone who will play that with me. Or at least Heroic. James, can um, you even play Legendary Halo 3? No, I can't, but imagine, <laughs> conquering, imagine conquering it with the love of your life. That would be Legendary Halo 3 is not that bad. Have I done more Legendary than you, James? You probably have, honestly. I don't think I've... Damn. I, I might have completed one campaign on Legendary, but I oh. usually play most of the... I like Heroic. Yeah. 
Heroic's the right level of you don't have to try hard, but it's not like just to walk in the park. Well, the games were designed yeah. at Heroic and then scaled down for a normal, weren't they? Yes. Heroic yeah. is like how Halo is meant to be played, as it says in the description. Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's a long one for today. Uh, I got one more question, just because I want to see how far off the mark I am. How often do you go to the dentist? I went this morning. I go probably twice a year. Okay. Well, that uh, yes, wraps correct. up our show. Twice a year. How about you, RJ? What, once every decade? Um, <laughs> no. Wow, Cal. <laughs> what? I, mean, I, I feel like that was, his, uh, that was what he was going with this question. <laughs> technically, 13 years is more than a decade. Yeah, see, that's my point. <laughs> no cavities. Never had a cavity. I can't have I cavities if no one looks at them. <laughs> well, that's not how that works, but you can't have fillings. <laughs> you can have cavities. <laughs> I, I will say I did not go to the dentist at all during the pandemic. So for two years, I did not go. And, and how did I you went... survive? I, I was fine. Uh, honestly, I went to the um, I went to the dentist and they were like very surprised. They were like, wow, you're they probably shouldn't be in as good shape as they are, but they are. I'm like, well, what can I say? I guess I'm just special. Um, and I punched my dentist in the face. And I leapt out the window. It just ran. <laughs> I'm never paying. <laughs> I'm never going to the dentist again. You said they were perfect. And they'll stay that way forever. Um, but yeah, I should go. I'm getting, I've been getting texts from my dentist. It's like, hey, you're due for a cleaning. And it's like. I feel like I'm being pressured into something. So you are not very, not, not very hip to that. Dare warned me about people like you. All right, RJ, let's take us out, take us out of here. All right, yeah. that's it for this week. Thank you both for joining, and nobody say anything about my bad dental habits. Um, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song "Living in the Moment" off the album Cross Off yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Amazon, Google, or wherever podcasts are sold. We're also on social media, Facebook, Better Buddies. We post our icebreaker questions and our uh, meme Mondays. On Twitter, at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on. Last but not least, be better buddy. Though I just have one more that is apparently means uh, horribly soaked by a large amount of water. Whoosh. Uh, let me see. I gotta read. I gotta. Psho, psho. So it'd be, I guess it'd be like psho, psho. That's cute. Psho. Yeah. Is that a B or a psho or psho? I guess it's like psho. I don't know. The Japanese are so whimsical. Their onomatopoeias are insane. <laughs>